people have started to realize that there's a difference between being a toy and a tool, and sometimes a toy solves one little problem. So the smart vendors are starting to build out really more of a platform play. This week, Hampus talks with Trish Pertuzzi about the changing landscape of inside sales, what it takes to shape an SDR into a sales leader, and Trish shares some insights from her critically praised addition to the world of sales literature, the Sales Development Playbook. One minute intro. Who's Trish? Trish is a person who has spent the last 30 years in the B2B tech space, super focused and super passionate about all things inside sales. You're really highlighting that buyers are busier than ever. And now it's sort of needed a more sophisticated approach to do sales. I mean, you have all these tools right now. You can get anybody's email address and phone number. You have mail auto- mailing automation tools that just bombard people with emails. Um, but what are these most sophisticated approaches? It's not, I wouldn't use the word sophisticated, quite frankly. I would say that we have gone from being a formulaic-driven, activity-based function to one that is a bit more custom, more geared to delivering value to the buyer, and a little more intelligent about how we communicate. But if you've been good at what you've been doing in sales and in inside sales, you've probably been doing that all along. But I think for a while, um, people jumped on the bandwagon of, oh, look what Salesforce.com did. I'm going to do that too. So what is your opinion on the outreaches and send blooms and all these email automation systems? Are you negative to those? No, I'm totally positive to them. It's not the system that's the problem. It's the message you deliver from within the system that's Mm. often the problem. People are sending so many emails, and the reason people are sending them many emails is because the average uh, customer acquisition cost, or sorry, the average selling price is uh, is going down. Like the contract values are going down. So I'm not sure I agree with that hmm? um, at all. Quite frankly, I don't think average contract values are going down. I think they're going down if you're a commodity play hmm. um, in a highly competitive space. And, you know, if you look at the technology adoption lifecycle, if you're selling into the majority or laggard space, I think that's true. But I think on the other side that there's a number of technologies where the value is starting to go up because people have started to realize that there's a difference between being a toy and a tool. And sometimes a toy solves one little problem and people are starting to get tired of having to cobble together a lot of toys to get to the tools that they need. So the smart vendors are starting to build out really more of a platform play that incorporates not just this one thing. I'm not just going to automate email. I'm not just going to allow you to see who viewed it. I'm not just going to allow you to do this or that, but I'm going to look at your workflow Mm -hmm. and I'm going to develop a a solution that delivers across the workflow. And that's the direction I think we're headed in. And I think that's where um, we're going to start paying more for technology, but I think that's going to cost us to invest more wisely. Yeah, I agree. Uh, actually, one of the tricky things about like that brisk, I mean, the company I run, is actually a workflow tool. But the problem we have is that we kind of feel that we're coming in and talking about uh, pra- uh, like doing PT for Beach 2016. 
Like people really want a one-click solution, silver bullet. Uh, I mean, we have so many customers where we come in and say, oh, can't you have this just as a checkbox in email? And we're saying, what do you mean? It's going to auto-log and you know, send up coming. It's like, no, 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 this is a process tool. I mean, you've got to figure out what's the optimal process. We gotta, exactly. And they're like, no, can't we just like, you know, just send more emails? It's like, no. And we kind of feel that we're kind of, I mean, people aren't, I mean, this sounds stupid, but I mean, it feels like people don't know what's best for them. We have so many customers who are saying, you're, you're comparing us with a email machine gun system, which is exactly the opposite of what we are. Exactly. Yes. They want, if they want an email Gatling gun, yeah. then that's what they should buy. If they want something that is a well-thought-out workflow tool, they should talk to you more. Yeah. But it's tricky how to get people to understand that, though. Because it's like getting people to think about what's important and not what's urgent. Well, I think you have to turn it around and have a conversation with them about how do they want to be sold to. Mm. You know, how many how many emails do you get in your inbox every day? 200? Easy, 200. How mm. many of them do you read? 20? 25? Well, do you want to be one of the 20 or the 25? Or do you want to be one of the 150 that you hit delete? Mm. That's a good point. It's yeah. a good point. Um yeah, and one thing that has also really changed is really that with the whole predictable revenue model, um, like we have these junior kind of just roll out of college uh, telemarketers in a sense, I mean the SDRs, mm-hmm. um, they come in and they now call in to director level sometimes. And, you know, they're just finished school. And now they're talking to somebody who's been in that profession they're talking to in 20 years. So how is that to be solved? Because the buying process is quite complex. Well, it's all in the book. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to give some tidbits of the book here. Yeah, so it's all about onboarding. So what we advise is when you are bringing in someone that doesn't have the business experience and they are selling to a sophisticated buyer, the first thing you have to teach them about before you ever talk about what you do is you have to teach them about that buyer. You know, what's... What's their job? What's a day in their life look like? What challenges do they face? How are they currently addressing those challenges? How are they measured? Um, once you get your team immersed in their buyer persona, then when you talk to them about what you do and, you ha- and how you help that person build a better business, they have a huge aha moment and it starts to make sense and they can have better conversations. But if you just hire them, hook them up to a process, hook them up to messaging, which is all about you, you know, you're going to get the results you deserve. Yeah, but, but isn't it also a tricky part? I totally agree with you, but isn't a very big part of problem of this is that uh, SDRs kind of tend to be your quote-unquote infantry units, that they, they're kind of these, um, I'm now I'm exaggerating a bit, but, but, but almost one of these like testosterone uh, achievers that want to win, 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 win. <laughs> And not the anthropologist and people interested people that we want them to be then, because they're going to say like I mean when you sometimes when you inter, like some of our customers are SDRs and I can really tell uh, like if you look at, for example a company like Intercom which is a customer of ours um, like every single person we talked about to Intercom are so genuinely curious people they really like want to know stuff they like when we on the call and ask oh so what's going on and like oh you're from sweden oh interesting and like what's that like and what's the difference between this and then some companies you talk to the sdr is like i couldn't care less it's like this month has been shitty i got bad leads well you can't blame the sdr first of all either they have horrible management 
yeah. or they're in the wrong job. Yeah, they're, exactly. They're, Either way, it's a management issue, not an SDR issue. No, no, exactly. No, but what I mean is, isn't the, so no, I, I agree with you, but isn't also one of the problems that, uh, like the managers used to be that too. Uh, as you're saying, it's a management problem, but really, how do we switch the company's understanding? How do you work with switching a company's understanding to get them understanding that we got to get your junior people that just started? You actually need to invest a lot of time, a lot of money from your senior good people to make these young people understand who our buyers are instead of trying to get them as quickly as possible ramped up to reach their quota. Because the, the best way to actually do that is to get them to understand who their buyer is. If I have to, if someone doesn't see the innate intelligence of um, building a better machine the first time out of the gate, I don't try to work with them. I mean, no, okay. I'm, I'm not here to be an evangelist. Well, I guess to some extent I am. Yeah. But I mean, I'm, if someone says, I want to build a machine, I don't care about the people, I'm just going to crank the people through it, crank them through the process, I'm like, Godspeed, and I wish you every success. <laughs> um, but if I have people say, look, we're not getting the results we want, can you help us figure out why? And we point out some areas, they're like, totally got it. Yeah, okay, so we're not, we're not focused on our buyers, we're very me-centric, we're not spending time coaching our people, we're not listening to how the message resonates. Those are the people that we work with, and those are the people that are seeing significant growth. Attrition is going to be one of the things that hurt you the most. If you want to grow, and you want to grow like crazy, and you know it takes four months to ramp an SDR, and you only keep them for eight, I mean, your pipeline's going to suffer. So you need to think about these things uh, before that happens. My reasoning is based in practice and not theory, and that's what we hope to share with our readers in the Sales Development Playbook. If you would get one tip to a young SDR now, like you have somebody who think about like, I, I think sales is interesting. I'm not sure what I want to do. They can come in from any kind of background and they want to become an SDR. Um, they just started today. What would you say? Like if you would tell them three things that you would tell like, these are like, these are things I should, I would do if I were you. Okay. Um, first thing is make sure you know everything about your buyer type. So if you're selling to CFOs, go talk to CFOs. Go talk to the CFO in your company. Go talk to the CFO at the company that your parents work for. Go talk to as many CFOs as you can and ask them, what is their life like? What are their, what are their challenges? You're not going to get a, um, a ton of consistent answers, but you're going to get an understanding of how, not only how do CFOs think, but what words do they use? That's the one thing you could keep your finger on the pulse of. What words do CFOs, CFOs use so you can speak their language? So I would say, don't wait for your management team to do that for you. You're smart. Go figure out how to talk to as many buyer types as you can. Yes. I mean, so, so, um, before I do number two, I would say like the, a brilliant thing you're saying there, actually, that is really getting the language. Because a lot of times when you're served these personas, you're served like you know bullet points of what drives them and who they exactly. are and what they think, but not how they talk. Of course not. That's hard to kind of get into that persona. Exactly. Um, the second thing I would say would be, now that you've had those interactions, go find out where they hang out. And I don't mean physically. Mm. I mean in the social world. So where are they on LinkedIn? Where are the groups? What associations are they in? What are, what 
publications are they reading? Are there books that they're all talking about lately? You know, in sales, we're blessed. Someone's always coming out with a new book. But what what are CFOs reading, right? We'll just kind of continue down that path with the CFOs. So get in tune with what their community is talking about. Because that's going to give you credibility when you actually have that conversation. The fact that you have the finger on the pulse of their community. So that would be the second thing I say. So get under their skin. Like be them. Be Immerse yourself. Mm. Immerse yourself. And then finally, I would say record as many calls as you can. Mm. To listen to yourself. You want to listen to your tone. Do you sound confident? Are you nervous? You want to see if you use filler words um, like whatever or call them, hey, bro. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> ridiculous language. You want to do that. You want to listen to yourself and you want to listen to make sure you're listening. When we have um, SDRs record their own calls, a lot of times they're like, oh my God, the guy just told me exactly what I wanted to hear, Mm. but I was so busy thinking about what to ask them next, I missed it. Mm. Yes. So find a way to record your own calls and listen to as many as possible. That's super nice, actually. Uh, When we set up Risk, when we started working, and what we did is that we just called up different sales managers and we asked them, like, take me through your day. Like, what's the best and worst part of being a sales manager of a SaaS company? And they, I mean, people really talked a lot. But what we did is that we recorded it, and I did a podcast, like not a public podcast. And then I had that whenever I was, you know, running or, you know, as soon as the kids slept, I was just listening to this. And, I mean, sometimes I hate it because, you know, you kind of, like, listen to your own voice. Exactly. But it was so amazing because I could hear them starting an amazing sentence of how their life was. And I interrupted them, and I was like, what What did they just do there? I know, right? It's It's... I think it's one of the best things and any salesperson can do for themselves. Yeah. I don't care if you're an SDR or you've been doing it for 30 years. You, sometimes you just need to listen to yourself to learn the hard lesson. But I think sometimes isn't one of the hard problems there is that um, I feel like it's in dating. Like, you're, like I'm sitting in front of you and I need to convey credibility to, to have you to open up and talk about yourself. So I, the, the, and especially if I'm over the phone, I need to say something smart. Or say something. Right. And it's going to be so hard because I feel like we just started the call and I have to drop something smart. And you kind of feel that it's fabricated. You're like, oh, did you read the CFO Daily recently? And you're like, you're 22. I don't think you read the CFO Daily. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I mean, obviously, that, that might not be the way you start. But, you know, we can find out so much about our buyers. Hopefully, you're not trying to find out while you're dialing the phone, but you've done some pre-work and captured that information. And it's easy to start a conversation with someone if you just personalize just the slightest bit. I mean, you don't, people know you're calling them to eventually get to the meat of the matter, which is you talking about you. But in the short term, you know, just try to establish that relationship. Be human. We're, you know, that's one thing we've moved away from with all this automation is you're a human. Use your personality. Are you funny? Are you technical? I don't know. Use your personality to establish that relationship. Mm, it's a good point. And I think, isn't that also one of the hard parts, like when you're 22, is, is actually knowing who you are in a sense. I mean, I think that it's, it took me a long while to realize that I'm a person who always digresses to small details and, and kind of weird stuff, but that's also who I am. So just accept that and digress and, and make that an enjoyable thing instead of instead of trying to force me not to do it because I, I can't stop doing it. But when you're 22, when I was 22, I would, I would have just said I was talkative. 
I don't know, the 22 years old I've met lately have more self-confidence and self-awareness than I did at 42. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's probably true. That's probably yep. true. Yeah. Uh, good point. So, okay, so those are the three tips. And now if I'm, because uh, now you have another type. Um, you have the, like, 26-year-old SDR manager at this, you know, growing startup who's growing and amazing, and they're, like, recruiting more salespeople. And then suddenly your boss comes in and says, okay, Kelly, can you be the manager of the SDR team? Because, like, we're just recruiting too many, and you were the, you're one of the best SDRs. And now you're suddenly the manager of this team, who are now three people apart from you, but now soon 12. Uh, how do you go about going from being an SDR to being an SDR manager in a short time? <laughs> Not very well. <laughs> I mean, I feel so bad for that role, the promote from within role. I mean, I talk about it in the leadership section in the book. It's just, it's horrible. It's such a mean thing to do to someone who's being unbelievably successful to throw them into that role and then not mentor them. It's just a terrible thing. So I think if you got promoted from within into that SDR role, or if someone's listening to this and they want that to happen, they want that promotion, when you're offered it, the first thing you do is look the person in the eye and say, what is your plan to mentor me so I become a great manager? I mean, if you don't ask that question and you just take it and you hope you're going to be good, Godspeed. No, that's it's just, true. it's so hard. It is true. And actually, that's actually a service I looked for online. If there's anybody listening, I can say like, I wish there was like a quote unquote dating services for mentors, sales mentors. Because I think that a lot of times, like if you're just promoted or you're like, if you go from SDR to AE, uh, it's like, and necessarily you might not want to talk to the people inside your company always. It could be really good to just, you know, have a coffee with another AE or like have somebody on Skype that you can ping and say like, okay, we're in this situation, like we need to fire SDRs and like, I don't know what to do. And like, you know, I'm the SDR manager. Right. And I wish there was like one of those where you can just like have a a lifeline and, you know, call a friend and I wish there was one of those services. There, well, let me give you an example of how there is. There is uh, the American Association of Inside Sales Professionals Mm. offers a mentor program where you can sign up to either find a mentor or be a mentor. And they put people together. And a lot of my team members are mentoring two or three sales development reps or ISRs. And it's a fantastic program. And there's no investment fee required. Oh, that's really nice. And actually, that's one of those things, too, that most people... Uh, realize after they've been a mentor, it's the best way to learn. I mean, when you're a mentor, that's really when you understood what you actually, what you knew uh, when you were having to mentor somebody. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. You know. Great. There's, yeah. There's not a time that I've ever had a conversation with a sales development rep that I didn't learn something. There's just so much to be learned. There's so much changing, and people are thinking of such innovative ways to do their job better. So, yeah, it's a two-way street. Yeah, it's a good point. One last question. Like, where do you go to, like, how do you uh, learn learn and develop? Like, like, do you find stuff online or books or blogs or peers or, like, three resources that people should check out? Okay. Apart from your book. Absolutely. Um, I read a ton of blogs, right? So I always have anything that says sales development or inside sales. You know, there are some fantastic blogs out there. And I don't subscribe to blogs, but I I sort of do the... um, what, what's trending on Twitter in the topics that I'm interested in and find them that way. And there's just some 
There's an endless source of information out there. So I use Twitter to point me in the direction of things that are new and innovative. Twitter and LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, and what are like what are so what are topics you find like do you look at the SaaS sales hashtag or sales hashtag or sales development or like what are typically hashtags that are good to follow? I I follow inside sales. I follow sales development. Sometimes I follow, follow SaaS that segues back and forth um, mm. depending on like the Saster conference is coming up right now. So I stopped following it because it's all mm. it's all about the conference. But Meetups. yep, it so it really depends on what I'm in the mood to learn more about. I also, I mean, I'm blessed, right? We're working with usually 23 to 26 clients at any point in time. So, you know, my consulting team is constantly learning and constantly sharing information with each other. So I have, you know, 10 people out there with the finger on the pulse of what's going on in the real world. And I find that super interesting um, to find out what our clients are doing and how, how they're being innovative and how we can share that with the larger community. I love Quora. Mm-hmm. I, love, I, I just love Quora. Mm-hmm. I learn so much on Quora. And, um, you know, LinkedIn groups, a couple LinkedIn groups that I belong to I really like. So I learn a lot there too. Good sources. And then I'm an, I'm an avid reader. I mean, for me, Cora is a huge thing. I think that Cora is one of those things that I actually have figured out that I think I learn most not when reading on Cora, but when writing on Cora. I agree. Um, so I think that's such a great exercise. Uh, just like when we're hiring people, we usually tell them to like find a topic you like and start writing about that topic because uh, that's the only way to learn. Because you have that's to. That's a great out. idea. You're right. For the listeners, Trish Batuzzi's new book, Sales Development Playbook, is just coming out. And, I mean, there are a lot of reviews online already, and people are really positive about it. And I, for sure, will read it. And uh, I'll get back to you, hopefully, with a very positive review. I would appreciate that. Or a negative review. I want your honest feedback. No, no, I'm going to be honest. (laughs) I'm Swedish. I mean, come on. Thanks a lot for your time, Trish. Oh, my pleasure. (laughs) 